Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff? Join us as we remember the great rock and roll hits from a month between 1965 and 1995. We're going to riff on all things about the bands, the members, and the goings-on during that time. We hope to inspire you to find and download the songs you hear today, whether you're fans who forgot about some of these tracks or maybe never even heard them before. Check out our blog at whattheriff.com or follow us on Facebook at What the Riff. Here's a shout-out to our sponsors, Right Column Financial, offering CFO and bookkeeping services for small business, Stanton Electric, a commercial electrical specialist, and Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So let's turn up the volume and enjoy this episode of What the Riff? There's a race riot in Atlanta, Georgia. The Chevy Camaro, originally named Panther, is introduced, and the Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy Labor Day Telethon raises $1 million in its first outing. This is September 1966, and we're What the Riff. I'm Bruce. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. And I'm Brian. And what do we have, Wayne? Well, all we're just back into Michigan. And we talked about these guys just a little while ago. Um, you know, we this is one of the breakout rock bands that came out. And, you know, we talked to, we were in MC5 a few weeks ago before that. You know, yes. there's the Stooges, Iggy and the Stooges. And we talked about Amboy Dukes with Ted Nugent. Well, this is Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. This is Breakout. I, I thought maybe it was James Brown or something when it well, first started. Good question. Good it's got a it's that. got a soul feel to it, but it's clearly it's clearly more rock oriented. Well, Mitch Ryder was actually a backup singer singer to a black group, but due to some racial animosity, really from white people saying that you should be hanging out with the blacks, he actually had to leave. Wow! And he started this band. And believe it or not, Mitch Ryder is not his real name. Yeah, this is actually a uh, stage name. His name is actually William Levis, so at Junior. <laughs> so, so he just called it Mitch Ryder, and the rest of the guys are the Detroit Wills. I always wonder where people get their stage names like that. Yeah, like Mitch Ryder. I mean, it's you know, it's it's. All I get right. it when you say and the Detroit Wheels. You know, I yeah. kind of get that. Rider, Rider in the wheels. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah so it, it sort of rolls off the tongue too. And I mean, this is just funky music. Believe it or not, most of the music that they did was either a, sort of a compilation or covers. This is a cover song. Oh, originally sung by Rufus Thomas, and tons of other groups have done it. Uh, the Rolling Stones, The Who, Aerosmith. This is called "Walking the Dog." And on a side note, this is completely away from this. John Fogarty tells a story about when he was with Sonny and Sherrod on the show. And uh, actually, were, they were warming up for him on, with his with his band. And they got to the encore, so they started playing Walking the Dog. Well, the curtains came coming down because the first song that Sonny and Sherrod were going to do was Walking the Dog. Oh, so. no. Oh. <laughs> stole the thunder. Got your foot a-tapping, dancing in the seat. Uh, that's the nice thing about Mitch Ryder is it is a, you know, you got that kind of funky stuff. To me, what it visualize whenever you kind of uh, see, listen to this type of music? I mean, to me, this is like a fraternity party outside or something like Animal that. House for me. Exactly. It's like the toga parties. You guys, uh, yes, you, yes. It's like the toga party in Animal House. Now, yeah. anybody been in a toga party? Yes. 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 And you knew who was the... The females who were going to party the most were the ones that didn't have the bra strap. 
Uh, believe it or not, this is uh, Ooh Papa Do, and it was originally written and performed by Jesse Hill. Uh, once again, it was actually produced and arranged by Alan Tussain from New Orleans. So I remember seeing him actually down down at one of the jazz festivals. You're going to hear his name again in a little bit. Oh, really? Yes. Cool. I didn't know about that. But uh, tons of other people covered this song. But this is just one of those, once again, they just made their own little fast-paced songs to this. They were very much the, the group that was just... You know, just very dynamic on stage. Uh, Ryder was noted for being gruff, almost going hoarse while you know while he was singing. Was he playing an instrument also? Um, I didn't. I believe so, but I, I yeah. don't remember on that. I just I just sort of looked over. I, I he was the main leader. Yeah, How's that? yeah, sure. It's, it's interesting when you mentioned that. I started listening, and yeah, his his voice. He's it's a very gravelly sound. I can see how that would be hard on your voice. Yeah, definitely. Well, they say, you know, few bands can, you know, match their intensity. They were just very uninhibited. They were they just rapid fire on their songs. And you got to remember, that's a certain time. This is sort of the very Beatlesque of what Beatles were doing as cover songs, too, if you remember. Yeah. Their earlier cover songs were very similar, you know, going back to the 50s and right. 60s, early 60s, and just jazzing up, making them a little quicker. Yep. Nice and rough. Yeah, that's those are some pipes there. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely kind of stole that. I would say from Little Richard there. Yes, yeah, a borrowed, lot of people borrowed, did. borrowed, borrowed, <laughs> inspired by. Yes, yes. But there was they were they were known as a band that would just play like just till they were just completely exhausted. Um, they were just gut busting rock and roll. Yeah. So that that's that's some of the terms that were talked about this. Now this is a believe it or not another cover song, Little Latin Loopy Lou. And it's actually mentioned in the film High Fidelity. Um, it was uh, it was played on a morning mix by Jack Black in one of the things. And the, the the one of the employees goes, "Oh, I like the Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Reels version." And then, and it angers Jack Black and goes, "Goes, I'm sorry, the Righteous Brothers, the original version is the best version." Oh, so. <laughs> cover of the Righteous Brothers. Yeah. But I mentioned the New Orleans Jazz Festival. This sort of sounds like that that. And you're in the middle of that horse track in Jazz Festival in New Orleans, and you know if you if you go, this is the type of stuff you can do. You're just gonna bop around. You're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have a beer in the hand, maybe you know just toes in the sand. But there's no sand. <laughs> it's mainly horse horse do. Toes in the mud. <laughs> exactly. Waiting for the next pop up thunderstorm to hit. In my hand is a bud. Got my toes in the mud. <laughs> there you go. All I need is a. Well done. Yeah, beautiful beautiful music. <laughs> yeah. So the Wayne was talking about the, the, the sound and, and it's interesting, this sound has never gone away. This sound has, has continued to repeat throughout the rock genre and you can still hear people that have this kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's sort of a it's a revved up R and B, basically. Yeah. It, it's rhythm Motown. of blues. Motown, obviously Motown is Detroit, right? Exactly. And, and that influence is there, and and people wanted to have that fun, exciting experience. And you start adding some sort of surf guitar in the background, you can kind of hear that. Yep. You can you can you know you add and, and speed it up. I mean, these songs are two three minutes long. Of right. course, that's the way it was in the '60s. 
but you're dancing to it. You're in your seat. You're having excitement. It's 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 going having having a lot of fun. The problem is, is a lot of people sort of ran out of favor in this, and and in the late '60s, it was more you know the acid rock, the yeah. uh, prog heavier, rock, yeah, prog rock, yeah. things of that sort, sort of gotten away from the blues type rock. And so that's sort of caused a split between Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Reels. Now, they had a song before this called uh, Jenny Take a Ride. They had, you know, the Sea Rider. That mm-hmm. was a, kind of their big initial hit. Their last hit was Sock It To Me Baby. <laughs> so that was an, another one of their songs. But then they split up. They really didn't go much further after that. They had another couple of, couple of years. But, you know, eventually you just become a, a, a group that's a novelty group. Now, about this album, um, Breakout is sort of a throwback what we talked about before, or I've mentioned, uh, is albums that came out after all the songs came out. So, so the what, songs were released as singles, and then the album came yeah, out. Yeah, and then they just sort of double dip and try to yeah. make sure you're earning some more money back off of that. So they would put out just a song, a song, mm-hmm. a song, and here's a 45, go out and buy it for a quarter. Now, this is the song... I would think if you don't know this, you haven't been listening to rock and roll. Oh, yeah. And then we talked about Little Richard. Yep. Obviously, the good golly Miss Molly is the Little Richard part. And Shorty Long is the devil with the blue dress. So basically, they just do a melody on this. Yeah. I feel like this has been on a few movies. Oh, yeah. Just a few. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't even go in the name of all of them. But once again, we get the clapping, you know, the high intensity beat. That's Motown right there. Exactly. Got that driving bass. It's definitely speed up from the original blues version of the. Of oh, the, yeah. So. This is the hit that actually, they went to number four on this. So, so it's not. What's funny is it sounds like he's got a choir behind him. Yeah, a little bit. You know, singing about Devil with a Blue. I mean, it has. It kind of has that church, a little bit of that church music feel. Could be like a gospel Hell's Angels. <laughs> well, it's not a song about a devil no. that was wearing a blue dress, no. I guess, back in the time. It is not. It's basically about a really nice-looking woman that just looks real hot. The I mean, devil wearing, made me do it. I'm mean, wearing her perfume, Chanel number no. 5. I mean, she's got to be the finest girl alive. Right. Come on. She walks real cool, catches everybody's eye. They've got to be nervous because they can't say hi. Chanel number no. 5. Yeah. That's been around a while, hasn't it? <laughs> I guess it? so. <laughs> There's your good golly, Miss Molly. <laughs> yep. There we go. Sort of reminds me, remember we talked, we probably talked about, the, we may need to feature this, but remember um, the, the was it uh, Songs on 45, or what was it, what was it called? Oh, when they Stars did the on 45. Stars on 45. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was a big deal back the in the Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I know the Beatles had it. Yeah. I think they had a couple version of that. Yeah. Yeah, so it went right into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Detroit Reels did have one more song out that came out, and it was called Linda Sue Dixon, and it was, and it was short for LSD. Ah, so they tried ah. to get into that kind of, you know. Did they sneak that one say, past the censors, or did they so. catch it? I thought it was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. <laughs> that's, their, that's their other version. Okay. <laughs> and Mitch would form a band called The Band Detroit, and they had a small hit with Lou Reed's Rock and Roll. But really, 
this fun stuff is the stuff you want to go out and listen to. Yeah, that's fun. So we, I think we need to have a What the Rift Toga party. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I'm game. Let's see if we can find those girls without the cross straps. Make that a requirement. Thanks, Wayne. That's awesome, man. So have fun on that. We're going to slide into our entertainment track here, and this is brought to us by Wright Collin Financial. You'll recognize the sound as it starts off quietly. Where are we? I think we might be in... Is this a saucer full of secrets again? Might be in outer space. Okay, this is not the original version of this. <laughs> now you get ah, it. Now we're cooking. Star Trek. A theme from Star Trek. It premiered on NBC this month of September of 76. There, I mean, 66. 66. 66. There's, there's tons of TV shows. September was, was the month. Mission Impossible yep. came out then. This is the original TV show, which is actually really fun to watch if you go back. That Girl with Marlo Thomas. Her dad was Danny Thomas. Right. It was interesting. The, the Green Hornet. Yeah. Oh, yes. Who? Oh, yeah. Yep. Bruce Lee. With Yes, yes, Bruce Lee. As Rap Kato. Patrol. You remember Rap Patrol? Yes. Those guys wrote, there was a World War II, and they rode on Jeeps with a, yep. a 30 caliber machine gun on top. Yep. Family Affair. I remember that. I reruns. Time Tunnel. If, if you had that type of, uh, you could go in and you transported somewhere in time. That, that didn't hmm. last long. And the big one, according to us, the monkeys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Saturday morning tradition. It's well, amazing. that was not in the morning, so that was in the evening. So. No, I know. For me, it was a, yeah. a Saturday morning. It's amazing, though, how a show with a three-year run can have such an effect mm. on Oh, culture. yeah. It's been around forever. Moving to staff picks. So this is mine, and I told you that Rob. you were going to hear about Alan to Saint. To Saint. Saint. This was uh, written by uh, Alan Toussaint in New Orleans. He worked with Fats Domino and a couple other big names. It's being sung by Lee Dorsey, who was born in New Orleans and was a childhood friend of Fats Domino, so I'm sure that's what the connection was. But uh, Dorsey was in the Navy in World War II. Then he got into prize fighting. And he was he fought under the name Kid Chocolate. <laughs> Kid Chocolate. I thought that was interesting. He he retired from boxing and then he opened an auto repair business back in New Orleans hmm. and started singing in clubs at night. Renaissance man. Yeah, de definitely. And of course, everybody's probably a little more familiar in our group with the 1981 cover version. Performed by Devo. Devo. Yep. And that was in the movie Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal. And we'll cover that soon. Yeah, they um they had it it came out as a, a bonus seven inch single. So it wasn't actually it was with their album but wasn't part of their album. But it was on the it was on the soundtrack of Heavy Metal though, I do know that. Yes, yes. I like this. You hear that you hear that pickaxe? Yeah. So uh Saint said there wasn't as much percussion as you might think on there. It was a certain drummer, and we had my brother hit the mic stand with a drumstick for the pick sound. Oh, really? You hear that? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, that's what, he, that's what he was doing. So those were their percu They had two percussion instruments, he said. I'm loving this, man. This is still in that Mitch Ryder. Just, yeah, it really just, is. Just having the hub of fun. Just 
dancing in the chair. I did a commercial for a, a hospital that was up against a huge hospital that was known kind of as the baby factory because there's mm-hmm. so many babies. And I took black and white footage of a factory, milk factory, and I placed all the milk bottles with babies running through the factory. <laughs> and we played, I took, uh, I didn't use this song, but we created a slightly different version. But when you watched it, it was working in a coal mine and all these babies going through the factory. <laughs> on a conveyor belt? Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of fun with that. That's great. So, yeah, I thought this was fun. Lee Dorsey, working in a coal mine. Listen it. Now, Listen the Devo that. version is a lot quicker. Yes, it is. But I enjoy that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Uh-huh. That's a good pick. Now Solid. we're moving on to our next staff pick, and it's going to be Bruce. Yes, indeed. That big, deep bass. Good little sitar going because... You know, you can't go wrong with a little sitar. So this is Sunshine Superman by Donovan. This is the title track from his third album, which was released in September of 66. And I believe it was number one on uh, the tracks, uh, either this either this month or very shortly thereafter. Um it was released in the U.S., but it wasn't released in the U.K. because there was some kind of contractual dispute, and it wouldn't get released there for a little bit. But he was originally, uh, as Donovan is a singer-songwriter from Scotland. His name was um, Donovan Phillips Leach, and uh, his style is it's a little folk, a little jazzy uh, world music, and in this case, you've got kind of the psychedelia. He was, he was kind of a hippie. Is basically uh-huh. the deal. I I recognize the song, yeah, but I don't know if it's his version that I recognize or no, not. It I is. Just, it is. Um, the guy across the street from me when I was when I lived in in another town. His, his name is Donovan, and I go, man, any way you were named after the musician? He goes, yeah, actually, my mom liked him. Really? And, you know, and that's how popular he was wow. in the sixties. It was. It was a. He was a big time you know yeah. musician that was well and this was his of- breakthrough this is the big breakthrough song there's a couple of folks that are playing on this that you might recognize hmm. so there's a bassist uh, by the name of john paul jones really that? yeah oh, and, from and there's, Led Zeppelin. there's a guitarist on this too that that's uh, that they call jimmy page oh wow <laughs> Who's playing the sitar then? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a good. Now, I, I believe Donovan actually played the, yeah. the sitar. He was the singer, songwriter, guitarist, uh, sitars, that kind of thing. Well, this is back when they, they were session session players then, correct? He actually. Let's see, what did I see on that? He had actually taught. He taught John Lennon um, a picking style that was used on the song Dear Prudence. That was something mm-hmm. that Wikipedia had popped out, so I know it's true. Well, it's got to be, um, yeah. But uh, but he was he was kind of a big deal right in there. Um, just um, you know, had a lot of uh, a lot of press, and again, this was his kind of breakthrough. But he had that hippie image, and so when rock kind of moved to a more garage punk sound, you know, he fell off a little bit. Yeah. So, Sunshine Superman, does that have any uh, connotations that we ought to think about? Well, no, um, but he does reference Superman and Green Lantern got nothing on me. Ah. Okay. 
So, and DC did have a character that was referred to as Sunshine Superman mm. in one of their iterations. So, that's a fun song. Now we're moving over to Brian, his staff pick. Well, if you were familiar with television back in 1966, this is the uh, the Dogs, and this is uh, Who Do You Think You Are. This is fun. This, this is uh, they were formed in L.A. I like those harmonies. That's yeah. kind of cool. It's a little more 70s ish. They were formed as a household band, or a house band, excuse me, for the ABC television pop show Shin Dig. Oh, wow. really? So I, don't, I have no idea about this show. I, of course, I was not very old at the time, but they, they have an, the band is comprised of Delaney Bramlett on guitar and vocals, James Burton on guitar, Joey Cooper on bass. And Chuck Blackwell on drums. I like the harmonies too. Yeah, this kind of has a little. When I hear that, I, I think about the old Saturday morning cartoons with. Uh, it sounds like there's a reason for that. <laughs> too. Yeah, exactly. The banana splits. But the, they remained a fixture of the program until it was uh, axed in '65. So, this of course is released after that, and. Uh, the group went on to make records on their own right, notably this one song here uh, on Leon Russell's Viva Records. The Shindogs split up soon after its release. Mm. So you can call them a flash in the pan or a one-hit wonder, if you will. But I hear this in a kind of a thing from a Scooby-Doo. Do you yeah. kind of hear that? Yes. On the, that's well, what it is. <laughs> some of that harmony, the duet harmony, has a little bit of uh, McCartney-Lennon yeah. feel to it. Yeah, I does. agree. Yeah, it does. But when you when I close my eyes, I can I can. It takes me back to the early morning cartoons when I was a child. And Definitely. This kind of intro music to the next cartoon, or you know. I don't think they danced in Scooby-Doo. Like I don't, but but I remember them playing stuff. Yeah. But they didn't have like they didn't feature the music. It was the thing I think about with that is is when there's you know all of the doors and things and the folks are running. Yeah. There's a hallway with a bunch of doors. Yeah, and they're running and across. they're running back and forth. <laughs> They're chasing the ghost, and the ghost is chasing them, exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. Walk down memory lane there, Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we, we should have mentioned Pop-Tarts. That's the only oh, other thing well, that was yeah. missing from that back then. There you go. We bring it back to Wayne now uh, as we round out staff picks. What are, you, what are you sharing with us, Wayne? Guys, this is the action. I keep holding on. I like the who. These guys were a mod group, but we talked oh, about yeah. Quadrophenia. Yeah, okay, I can see um, that. And, you know, they basically played soul-influenced pop music. Um, they were in northwest London is where they started out. They were called The Boys, but then they ended up calling the action. They did not have any singles at all, really. This huh. is like the highest charting one, and it was like in the 80s. Okay. It just happened to be one of some compilation discs. A no-hit wonder. A no-hit wonder that I I found. But... Uh, this song is recorded in Mo- by Motown group called the Marvelettes, okay. and it was released a year earlier. And like a lot of people, uh, they let it kind of brew a year, and then if you didn't really go anywhere with it, somebody else would record it. Were they just were they trying to sell it to somebody else that might take it further? Yeah, exactly. That- well, sometimes it's like that. Yeah. But um, I you know, I, I like this song. I mean, it, the, the way it's sung and everything basically is 
just just tell, telling somebody, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for you until you finally your your resistance is no more and you're finally mine. <laughs> I've been Bye, waiting yeah. for a girl like you. Yeah, exactly. I'll wait till your love comes down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> until they file a lawsuit, <laughs> you have to stay away by a thousand feet. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens, Wayne? Uh, I tell you. <laughs> that sounds like the voice of experience right there. <laughs> Well, George Martin was the producer on this, okay, uh, so George you know from the Beatles. Yep. So I mean, they they had a big following. I mean, but they were mods, and they would drive their van to the outskirt of the town they were at, and they would wait for the scooters to come and escort them in. Um, they did do supporting. They were supporters for um, you know begin uh, you know warm up bands for the Who. Yeah. So, um, but uh, they they have come back and um, and done some. What do you call uh, reunion concerts and everything? And, and one of the reunion concert is basically uh, part was recorded for a documentary called "The Lap of the Mod." So if you want to go and get that documentary, you can oh. actually kind of hmm. see them, see the mod yeah. life. And um, and actually has a testimony by Phil Collins, who said he used to go and watch the band in the sixties. Oh, really? So now that lead singer, that voice sounds familiar. Was he in anything else, or is it? I mean, no, just, they all just kind of. They just, just did. They were. They were yeah. only in the action, and that was it. Okay. But I mean, supposedly these guys were a really good live band. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Marriott said that you know his favorite groups of catch live in the '60s were Jimi Hendrix, the Spencer Davis Group, the Who, and the Action. Okay. Oh, interesting. So. I like. It's interesting that I think so far we got instrumental left, but so far. These songs all definitely fit together. Like yeah, I feel like it is. you know sometimes a, we're jumping around a little bit, but mm-hmm. this yeah. this uh, September of '66 hits very similar. Very similar. Yep. I feel like I'm in an episode of the Beverly Hillbillies, and you know all these songs are in the background. Jethro you know, is playing. Je- <laughs> uh, Jethro comes with, down <laughs> with, all a, the, with a secretarial all pool. The, <laughs> all the all the beatniks are coming around, and you know. But yeah, just having fun. This, this, I to me, I think was the funnest episode we had. All the songs were very similar yeah. to this. Yeah, it's a fun. It, it, there's a fun song. Consistent, definitely. Consistent. So now we've got to get into our instrumental here, and that's going to change the tone, I think, a little bit. But we usually try to pick a pick either a, a comedy or instrumental. So, and we just kind of tidy up some of the things that happened uh, during September of '66 and top hits. You Can't Hurry Love, The Supremes. Mm. That was number two because we already featured the number one with Donovan. Mm-hmm. The Beatles' Yellow Submarine, you probably didn't go anywhere in 66 without a Beatles on the on the top hits. See You in September, The Happenings. That was a kind of good mellow song. Summer in the City. Yep. Hot Town. Loving Spoonful. I think we sm- we, we had that on yep. a, one of our summer phones. Then Land of a Thousand Dances, Wilson Pickett. Now that's another one we need to with spotlight. Wilson Pickett was was another one of those Detroit Will type fun. You're gonna have to educate me on that one. Uh, we will. Jimi Hendrix changed the spelling of his name instead of J I M M Y. He went to J M I. The Rolling I M I. Yeah, J M J I M I. I'm sorry. Rolling Stones perform on their Ed Sullivan show. And the Yardbirds debut with their twin lead guitarists, Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page, as mm. we talked about them. That's not a bad set. No. And they opened for the Rolling Stones on the U.K. tour. Very nice. And this song, 
Uh, if you're familiar, it's a kind of a gospel song, Wade in the Water, but it was on the charts at the time, this version. By Ramsey Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for... I guess we should talk about the music that's actually playing in the <laughs> there background. There is a reason that we're playing Yeah. That. Oh, well, we had, we've had, I mean, really, instrumentals in the 60s yeah. were as popular as some of the rock music. We've, and we've made that comment before that it's much easier for us to find instrumental songs yeah. at the time than uh, in the 60s than it is in some other times. Some albums nice. that came out. Tom Jones had From the Heart. Johnny Paycheck. No, it wasn't mm-hmm. Take This Job. <laughs> It's the loving machine. This is probably when he was probably a lot younger. <laughs> John Coltrane had meditations. Ooh. The Ventura's Wild Things. Ah. The Loving Spoonful had their album out called What's Up Tiger Lily. It was a soundtrack. And some of my favorite R&B groups or one of the groups or duo is Ike and Tina Turner. Yeah. River Deep, Mountain High. And that was, I mean, they had some great music back then. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know he, Ike was not a good guy, but they were putting out some good music yeah. back here in the well, 60s. And Tina said as such, too. I mean, she said that they were, when they were working together, it was magic. Yeah. We probably, that's another group we'll probably need to yeah. Yeah. look at in the 60s. That's a good point. Good point. Very nice. Well, this has been What the Riff, September of 1966. We'll see you next time. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to What the Riff. We hope you enjoyed the songs we had on tap today. Please tell your friends about us. Check us out at whattheriff.com and follow us on Facebook. Special thanks to our sponsors, Wright Collin Financial, Stanton Electric, and Marbury Creative Group. That's all for this week. See you next week on What the Riff?